0: Hey, what's up? This is Alex with Gray Area. In the spotlight, you'll hear from Luke Andy, The Baltimore-born, L.A.-based artist has been tearing up the scene with releases on Dirty Bird, In Rotation, Medium Rare, and Space Yacht. We'll talk about how a medical issue that kept him out of the Marines ended up being the thing that pushed him closer to a career in music. Be sure to like this video and subscribe for more interviews just like this. So, yeah, um, I really appreciate you taking the time out to talk to me today. Of course. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, I've been following your music for, like, the last, like, I want to say, like, two, two and a half years. Super sick, man. Thank um, you. So, yeah, so it's exciting to get a chance to talk to you. Um, well, happy to be here, brother. Awesome. Um, so the first thing I always like asking people, because I love to get, like, a background on, like, where people came from musically, I want to find out what's your earliest musical memory?
1: Um, my earliest musical memory is probably my brother playing the clarinet that was like his go-to instrument that was his baby and he was always very musically inclined and for me I I didn't have the patience I I 100% could have learned but I just I was more outside I was the outside kid he was the the reader and you know the the musical nerd so I, I got a lot of my inspiration actually from him and like growing up and listening to the music that he would play and and also my dad, he play like Luther Vandross, all this stuff. So I'm um, Sade, you know, a lot of old soul influence that, I, you know, I try to incorporate with my, you know, everything I'm doing is in the box. So right. I don't necessarily play an instrument, but I definitely know it sounds good. And, you know, it's, it's a lot like cooking. You know, you can yeah. put a lot of different stuff and create this beautiful concoction i feel like that's what happens every now and then when i you know i produce something so or at least that's what i'm going for um but yeah that's probably my earliest musical memory and uh from there it was just sculpting my ears and what i liked um from from different albums and and you know songs that eventually my brother would stream in the car when he would take me to high school you know it was like a lot of this shaping my ear to you know what I'm influenced and making today so
0: that's it's interesting you said you didn't have the patience to like learn <laughs> an instrument because I mean I come from a musical background I learned how to sing really early on nice. and like that whole idea of like practicing and practicing all the time that does take a lot of patience but I found when I started producing like the learning curve is even steeper than like picking up an instrument or like learning how to sing or doing something like that because you're like not just dealing with like learning how to understand music but you're dealing with technology at the same time it's a lot yeah yeah, what's so different about what was so different about production that you decided that you wanted to get the patience to do that i
1: I think what it was was the teacher right Mm. so i i you know i'm not coming at miss twig or anything from third grade but i swear (laughs) i I wasn't really in it you know i wasn't in it and what i wanted to do is percussion and there's only two percussion slots and You know, I I guess people with more of a background got that slot, but I don't know if it wasn't percussion that I really didn't want to play and so my mom made me do violin and then that was a fail so then I tried trombone. I really didn't apply myself to either of those instruments but um, you know it's. It, it really, what it was, was the fact that I was shown GarageBand from a friend oh. and, you know, we played with it a little bit in high school, yeah. Um, but I kind of had a GarageBand knowledge of how the software worked. So right. when I decided to take the leap and try production, I went into Logic and Logic was super similar to GarageBand.
0: Yeah, they're um, set up the same.
1: They set up pretty similar. It's just yeah. like
0: a garage
1: van on steroids. And right. so it was pretty easy for me to pick it up and just start making stuff. Now I wasn't doing anything correctly. And <laughs> you know, there really is no rules, but there is ways to make shit sound right. Right. And I wasn't doing any of that, but at least I was getting familiar with the software and <clears throat> which is the DAW digital audio workspace, right. which and uh, you know, I'm sure everyone here knows. And it's like, getting familiar with that DAW was the first learning curve, but it was so much more fun for me because I was, I was the teacher. I was, I was feeling that inspiration by what, you know, YouTube university, whatever I was looking up that
0: day. Yeah. It
1: wasn't like someone like a third grade teacher being like, okay, well this is the boring sheet of music that you're going to have to learn and play, right. to go play it or go practice. You know, it was more so I'm, I'm kind of, learning bits and pieces of, you know, mixing, mastering, you know, why this baseline works here, side chaining, all this stuff compared to, you know, I don't even remember what music class is like in third grade, but I just don't (laughs) remember it being fun. Um, so I don't know. I, I think partially it was the teacher and also the other part was when I started wanting to produce music. Yeah. It was because I saw I went to my first music festival and so that was really what pushed me and you know, I got to see that live and see what that hard work could pay off and look like in the end so I think that was a big driver of me wanting to apply myself and you know put in that hard work in that time I think that that, that was the, the difference you know maybe if Miss Twig took me to see some rock band I would have been down to you know learn something else but I don't know, there just wasn't that that fascination when I was in third grade towards when I, I went to my first music festival.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like there's something really visceral that happens when you see something on stage. Um, yes. And I like my earliest musical memories of watching my brother sing on stage. So I think that's what got me into it so early. Very nice. And then like going to like raves in the late 90s got me into dance music and wanting to DJ and wanting to produce and wanted to do all that Very so I nice. feel like there's like something really like special about watching it happen live and already having like that inclination to, to create within yes. you it's like that sparks it yeah exactly
1: and then it's a different it's an, an even extra additional step is when you get to you know hear the music that you made out live yeah and you know, the extra cherry on top being the reaction that you get from it, you know, whether good or bad. It's, you know, it's, it's a beautiful takeaway to be able to play or have the option to play your, your music in front of a crowd. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a rare moment to be able to control people's emotions from something that you made you know, in your basement, in your room, et cetera, you know, it's, I think that's what makes it so special. Yeah. And, um, I think the people that don't get enough credit are the engineers of the developers that made these softwares for these dogs, for oh God, these PSTs. Yes. you know, all of these things have allowed my dumbass to be able to produce, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it's like, you know, that's the real fascination for me is these people that actually created the softwares, um, you know, that's, a, that's another level. And so just to have that capability to, you know, make whatever I, you know, come up with. Now, there, there's multiple facets. You also have, like, sound design, too. Yeah. So it's like when you can add sound design to these, like, weird creative ideas you have. And also, if you play an instrument, it does help a, a lot, you know, yeah. having a music theory background and just being able to play a riff off, you know, off the bat. All of those can help you know, create that, that beautiful entree that you're going to serve, you know, and that's, that's, that's the beauty of
0: it for me. So. I love that you said that you related it to like cooking, like you're, you're serving <laughs> something to your audience.
1: You got to, you
0: got yeah. to. And um, if I it could, sucks, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. I kind of want to touch on something you said, you talked about like being able to play, play your own music in front of an audience. And I want to relate it back to, I know that like Claude Von Stroke, and Dirty Bird was a really early inspiration from you after Chami, Like you'd stepped yeah. into the, the Dirty Bird world. And I kind of want to understand like, how does it feel to like have followed him around as, as a fan? Yeah. Like literally followed him around as a uh, follow him on tour. And then to not just see him play your music, but to be part of the Dirty Bird players crew and to go back to back with him that's in a great. fucking hotel room. Like that's a, that's an incredible, like incredible journey to have made can you talk about that
1: yeah it's pretty surreal and a clarification though you know i wish i went back to back with him in the hotel room but it was just social proof i was djing and then i (laughs) i played that last song and then i passed it off to him so he could dj but the video does make it look like it was back to back and you know for me, it was definitely, I was gonna just let everyone think whatever they wanted to think. <laughs> hey,
0: I mean, I still, that's still an incredible, incredible moment cause you're not, it it's is. not like you're passing it off to them like on stage at a festival, or at a club which is exactly. something that we all know like as a dj yeah. you know that happens often you open up for somebody and there's that change off that happens there's the hand slap but like yeah. being in a in a hotel room with it's crazy with claude Von stroke crazy. to pass yeah. it off there that's a yeah. big fucking deal man let's yeah. not let's not like downplay that
1: for sure i appreciate you and it was <laughs> definitely a big moment for me it was, i've never shaken so much in my entire life like it's it weird to even be around him like we were just at splash house this weekend and you know he, he walks into one of the rooms we were in so it's just like it's really interesting when your idol walks into the room you know right. and that, that's a lot it happens a lot you know it's like you see Walker and Roy's you see you know Green Velvet you see all these guys that you have just like been following for years like you said you know yeah and, and literally like looking up to them and imagining being like them And then just to be, you know, casually sitting in a room joking with your friends and then he walks in It's definitely interesting, you know, and it's it's hard not to say some dumb shit too. like (laughs) all you really want to do is give him a hug. But for them, they're just like, what's happening? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But no, it's really it's really interesting. I'm definitely blessed to be in this position. Um, I, I don't know. It feels kind of surreal. But yeah, that's that's. You know, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know what's next. You know, I'm just looking forward to it and uh, I'm going to keep on, you know, rolling with this crew as long as I can. You know, that's, that's about it. And then yeah. maybe one day I can make a song with Chami or something. Maybe the, the next step is Chami. I don't know. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like sounds are changing too. Tech House was big like last year and the year before, but I think people want some more either minimal or worldly sound. So yeah, everybody's like kind of changing
0: their I production
1: feel- a little bit. And I don't. Know. I, don't know.
0: I feel like it's splitting off in two different directions because I <laughs> feel like there's some people in tech house that are going deeper. Yes. That are getting more minimal or. Yes. Going back to like basics and like getting into Breakbeat, like the, the fact that Vanessa's become the queen of Breakbeat in right. in the last year is right. is mind boggling, especially coming from somebody who's been so into breaks for so long. But then like, there's also like a huge contingent of tech house people that are just going further into the experimental, like harder shit. Yeah. And I kind of love to see that happen because like, you know, tech house is not going to be big. Is it's not going to be as big. Yeah, it's, it's, bo-
1: it's boring, boring for me now. Yeah, yeah, it's getting repetitive. So, yeah, let's see what else we can do. You know, I was like, <laughs> and there's always going to be like, you know, that that Fisher, that, you know, that John Summit, that, that those big guys who are going to come in and just like blow up the scene and make whatever they're dropping, like so, not mainstream, but, but definitely like leading the scene, you know? Yeah. But then there's always going to be, you know, a group of people that don't want to play that just because that's what's in. You know, there's always going to be people that want to play underground stuff or want to play, you know, something different. So that's why I like the the Brazilian sound a lot. And that's Mm -hmm. why I think the French producers are still the best producers out there. Um, So I I don't know, trying to get these like worldly influences in my own production, that's kind of where I want to go. Like Dennis Cruz is a big one for me. I really love. shit that he's making and yeah i you know i i don't know i don't really know i i also
0: forget the question that we initially
1: asked
0: i think we just kind of went off on a tangent that's totally okay
1: (laughs) wormholes are acceptable over here oh
0: no totally (laughs) um well let's touch on that idea of having like worldly influences because you are like you're a bipoc person um and there's a cross-cultural background that exists in, in there. Yep. How do you see yourself starting to incur- and, and incorporate some of your your heritage into your music in, in, in a way? Or do you see that happening? It's definitely something I want to do. Yeah, um, My
1: dad is uh, African-American, so he has like a Nigerian descent background. And yeah. my, my mother, she's half Korean and then half like a bunch of European whites. So she's a little happy. So then for me, it's like, I'm just like this mutt a walking but <laughs> um but it, i definitely want to kind of you know exploit that korean side you know i don't know what instruments i could add in but i'm sure there's a vst that i'm not unaware of right now that has <laughs> korean styled instruments but yeah i definitely want to sample some more korean stuff and you know i'm always for the african latin drums so yeah. it's just I think the hardest part for me is always finding like top lines or vocals, you know. And if that's not the case, and finding a a way to make the baseline like really stand out. Um, but as far as those worldly influences, definitely something that I, I I'm trying to work on currently. So,
0: cool. There's. you touched on the idea of like finding good top lines and stuff? How do you find them? I know that you've you've kind of talked about like. And everyone talks about this. Like mm-hmm. Splice is Splice is a great tool, but it's also it's also like the scourge of of dance music. Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, like it's great. It's great to like find like I need a kick drum, so yeah. let's go grab a kick drum. Or I need a baseline sound, but not an entire idea or a, sp- a baseline rhythm or a baseline idea. But I'm not going to use the whole thing. I feel like people don't exploit it the way it should be. So how are I, you how are you like turning how are you turning how are you making gold out of your music? Um, and how are you finding top lines? How do you find stuff vocal samples? Where are you sourcing stuff from?
1: I appreciate the very poetic way that you said that, but I'm over here making silver, maybe bronze. <laughs> I don't know about gold. Uh, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm I'm all first place. I just always say avoid this place vocals because everyone and their mothers have used it yeah. or, or will use it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe other people don't agree with me, but that's just something that I stand with. I, I, I just feel like everything that I found that's a good splice vocal, everyone else has used, or I've heard it from you know other people sampling it. Right. For me, I just see if you, you got to either be different or you're gonna be basic. And for me, it's like I got to do something to keep it interesting. So I'll I'll do like poetic, like uh, what is it called? Slam poetry um pastor speaking i'll try to get covers of people singing like a big song that i like right. anything that i can uh, alter slightly but it'll still sound good that's kind of what i'm going to go for and then i'll try to just chop it up using like simpler or liberator or, you know throwing a you know the vocal into some sort of sequencer so it can create something weird you know that's that's kind of how i have bounced around that splice vocal you know vortex i don't know i don't know what to call it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like people get stuck with that i mean I, I there's a lot of things i play that use the splice vocals too it's just like they used it first i feel like so it's okay i don't know i don't know i feel like that's me being hypocritical now who knows it's okay i mean, i, I it's just such, it's i a, personally stay me.
0: it's a weird thing to talk about too because i feel like there everybody feels that way it's like yes i don't want to use splice vocals but also i will play a song because i found that same i have that same splice vocal in my library but i know i can't use it because somebody else used it first but i'm gonna go ahead and play that song because i still like the
1: song. yeah i mean this song still bangs so what uh you know or yeah. i didn't realize that you used the splice vocal because you changed it sure let's go with that yeah you know? um but i just think there's so many ways to be more creative and like splice is like a a Cialis for producers you know I, I don't I don't know like I'm so down for taking a hat and a clap and yeah. even a, sure a kick from Splice let's do all that but then like create the rest of the box you know let's let's use some VSTs let's load, let's use your own voice and make a melody like I know everyone's seen that to masterclass. master class like you can right. just hop on a mic say some bullshit and create a you know create a little melody so I don't know I just think that we are in a time where shit's getting repetitive I and mean, how can we make some weird shit? You know, and we have,
0: we have like the advantage of a mountains and mountains of content, like yes. everywhere, like record, pre-recorded content. Like I found so many great samples just off of like Twitter.
1: Yeah. Just like wow. scrolling
0: through Twitter and like pulling like, oh, like, oh, for example, this is funny. I found one that was like a seal sound, like <laughs> a sound make a sound, like a weird seal sound. And I was like, that sounds like a tech house riser. I'm just going to go ahead and use that. Like, you know, we're, we have the advantage of like millions of pieces of content to draw from. So let's use them.
1: A hundred percent. And if you're not capable of using them, it's just because you don't know how in-depth Ableton or your dog can get. Mm. Like you can make a riser out of anything. You just throw it in an arpeggiator and let that shit go. Automate the rate, you know, yeah. whatever you know simpler is another great one too but I think that um splice is so useful because it allows it it's very efficient and it's quick but that also somewhat indirectly promotes laziness so like I find myself even like if there's a good percussion loop you know in in my hard drive or something I might use that I might use that, but then it's like fucking being lazy and it's not as good as something I might just like, if I spend 30 ma- minutes to make it manually, it could be something 10 times better, but I'm just being lazy. So yeah, a lot yeah. of the times I'll, I'll label it as like a placeholder, placeholder nice. loop or like placeholder perk, you know, and then I'll switch it up later. But I don't know. I think for the most part, everything's good as long as you're manipulating it and making it somewhat unique. Um, but if you're just grabbing something, drag and dropping it on your doll, figure it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I feel that. Yeah, I feel that. I want to like, I want to like rewind and talk about like how you fell in love with dance music because I feel like it's a really great, I feel like it's a really great story and I feel like it's one that would, people would resonate with. So yeah. like, how did you first discover dance music and like what specifically was it that made you like flip, that flip the switch, that made you say... I know you listened to like a lot of underground hip-hop before that. Like what made you yes. like become like this person that's just like, I love dance music so much. Cause you know, we all do. So my, I was getting go on the Marines and right. I kept getting my
1: pool date pushed back and pushed back after high school. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I didn't want to get in debt from college just quite yet. And so, I like, you know, how about I do the Marines? Even if I do the reserves, I can go through college that way or whatever. Maybe the Marines are for me, so I'll just stick with that. Right. Um, So I was going through that process, but my pulley, they kept getting pushed back because I would go to MEPS, and I would, you know, pee in that cup, and I kept getting an iron deficiency, uh, you know, on my my, uh, whatever um, report that they gave us back. Yeah. So I wasn't allowed to go out to boot camp quite yet. I had to supplement with iron pills and then figure it out. Well, like four months in, all the buddies that I, were, I was going to go to boot camp with, they had already gone through boot camp. So I was just like sitting here and really just frustrated. And then my friends told me about Moonrise, which is a festival in Maryland. Right. And, uh, you know, I just, I was like, fuck it, let's go. And that's the first time I, you know, the first time i did a lot of things was the first time that i really got a chance to be immersed in that music scene yeah with you know there were some there were some influences that made it that much more spiritual but for the most part is i'm trying to find a way to say this you know
0: trying to find a way Um, a nice way to say that she dropped a pill
1: there we go yeah and maybe a lot of them i just didn't want to be the one to say it but it's yeah right. it was a very very spiritual experience and, yeah. and um honestly that's what really changed me i saw chami yeah I just really work a crowd and, and just like blow my mind so um that's when i was like all right fuck the marines i want to try this out so i just like locked myself in my basement and i just kept on producing until i made something i thought was good and just started sending it to all my friends and from there it was a wrap i was addicted you know I was I was was obsessed so that's kind of how that started um it started because I thought I had a path that I wanted to take and then I was like I don't know if I was listening to the signs but there was something holding me back and there's a reason that I couldn't go into the Marines you know whether it be an iron deficiency or whatever it was like something you know god whatever had something else in plan for me you know and it really took me the ability to like step out of my comfort zone and try something that i had no idea if it was going to work instead of like taking the safe route you know just getting taking three months more of these supplements and then going into the marines and having right. this like this like backbone the structure that i knew was secure you know as long as i stayed in it you know i was going to get paid Blah 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 but then, you know, I have an opportunity here because I'm young enough. I could try this music thing out, whatever that. Means. Right. And my parents had no clue. Like, there's everybody I'm, where I'm from. They're just like, what is this? What are you trying to do? You know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely a, a risk, but something that I'm very glad that I did. And I think that, you know, you're a young producer or a young aspiring producer, you know, definitely... Take all the chances you can get. You're you're young, so you can afford the risk. Um, and there's a lot of people that they sh- that they wish they were young when they're in their like late thirties, forties. That wish they would have done that. So uh, I don't know. That's that's. I think that's all played a part of why I'm here. I don't know.
0: Well, even like taking that risk. Um, and this is something that I found every time I talk to somebody is, that's just part of the artist path yeah um it all it always is because like anything that you do that's artistic or creative there's always like relative uncertainty whether or not it's going to work out but you just kind of have to like have the power of belief in yourself absolutely to to move on and that wasn't the first time that that wasn't the last time that you took a risk you moved across the country too it's also true yeah you know like what what inspired why why take that risk what inspired that
1: that was it was a, a, a whirlwind of events that caused that but there was like my parents were moving out of the house we had like a death of a friend and the family and there's just like a lot of things that I was just like you know I got out of a relationship that I was in Maryland so it's just like I really felt like Maryland was holding me back yeah and if I wanted to really do the music thing I had to be in like the music mecca that is LA mm-hmm. so I was like you know fuck it you know, let's just really try it. Like, I had done everything that there is to do in DC. I played at U Street. I played at Flash. I played at Club, Blow, uh, What is it called? Echo, not, well, I did with Echo, Echo Stage, but uh, Soundcheck was the one that yeah. I did a lot, and <clears throat> I don't know. I just felt like I had maxed out DC, and I was ready for something more, you know. I felt like I was big fish in a small pond, and I was ready to be a small fish in a big pond and so yeah. I was like fuck it let's just send it and I went out to LA and it's funny right when I it was me and my best friend packed up a Prius drove across the country fell asleep on my buddy's couch when we landed in San Diego and when yeah. I woke up I got an email from Dirty Bird accepting that song for bird feed that I sent him three weeks prior so it's like a That's
0: definitely so like crazy. a meant to be
1: a moment yeah. yeah um at least for me like like yes, Dirty Bird might not be like the biggest release ever, but for me at that time, it was the biggest release that could have ever happened that should change my life. So,
0: oh yeah, that's a transformational moment for you, especially yeah. after like such a big move and after like following, exactly. following Dirty Bird for so long. That's yeah, that's like you just paying attention to to who or whatever it is that's that's you know yeah sending you the signals. Um, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so. Um, we've talked about like what's what's past um, and I always like to, t- to ask what excites you about the future of dance music because I I it's nice it's a nice time to like look forward to the future especially after the year that we've had or the year and a half yeah. that we've had it's been yeah. two years almost
1: and I, and I really hope that we get our shit together so we can be fully back to normal I feel like all the red states are pretty open but there's still a lot of I don't know there's still a lot of politics going on I feel like we're not going to get back to like the things were in 2019 until like
0: another year but you know, yeah that's how great. I feel too
1: we'll see though um I'm excited but I'm also a little bit hesitant to be excited or to let myself be excited just because like the pandemic was rough like we didn't play at all and that was the only source of income
0: for a lot of
1: us young artists right um even for the big artists too. A lot of people had to cancel tours and pay pay money back to people that bought their tickets. And you're seeing a lot of the same stuff in all the entertainment fields with like comedians, with actors. It's, I'd say it's a a little bit early being the skeptic that I am for me to just like get too, too excited. But I'm definitely excited. Let's, Let's fast forward like even five years from now. Yeah. I, I think that something really, really interesting to look forward to is the fact that Insomniac, I think, is going to be a big hitter as far as an event throwing company. They're already huge, but I think yeah. they're probably going to be the biggest. And uh, I mean, they're buying out all these clubs in the East Coast too. So I'm, yeah. I'm expecting a lot more East Coast festivals, um, even festivals in the Midwest. Like, I'm just expecting a lot more events to be thrown and good events, you know, where the artists are getting paid, where there's a a variety and, you know, a greater demographic of races and genders on these lineups. Yeah. Um, And, you know, as a society, I know we've gone through a rough time, you know, especially in 2020 and, you know, with the whole George Floyd thing. One thing I'm hopeful for, is that i think as a society i can only talk in terms of the us but i think we are at least talking about these hard issues a lot more you know yeah. I, I don't know if people are you know more racist now or less racist now like i don't know as far as racism goes where people are at but i just know that we're having these conversations uh, we're having conversations about Trans matters. We're having tr- conversations about you know, uh, you know, ethnic matters. Just uh, everything, classes. Uh, you yeah. know, we're talking about politics a lot more. There's this kids from my generation talking about you know these like education, healthcare, all this stuff that you know is an issue. We we have a lot of issues right now. You know, yeah. even as a you know we're talking about the entirety of the world. There's a lot of issues going on.
0: Yeah,
1: and the one good thing that social media and technology has been able to do for us is that we can talk about these things. And um, once again, I'm just going to circle back. Like, I think we're having tough conversations as a whole. And I think that's very important. And that makes me excited for where the future is going. It makes me hopeful that we actually care about other people's feelings in order to be having these conversations. And um, I think I was...
0: I'll, I'll stop it at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's like, I think that's an important point to make because especially in dance music culture, we've prided ourselves for the last 30 years on being like inclusive and accepting. And we come from a background that's very much rooted in, in black and brown and, mm-hmm. and LGBTQ culture. Yes, um, And I feel like maybe at some point over the last 30 years, it started to drift away from that. And the fact that we're so much more open now, it's nice to be able to say, like, hey, but we can get back to that now because we're everybody is able to have these conversations much more publicly because those conversations were happening in the dark when this first started. Yes.
1: Yeah, this was all stemming from Chicago and, you know, Chicago house parties, you know, in, in shitty ass warehouses yeah. at 4 a.m. with, you know, gays meeting up because they... They had nowhere else, to, they had go. Nowhere else and to go. They threw the best parties in town, so everybody started coming to them. You know, the same yeah. thing happened in Detroit with techno, so it's yeah. like this is coming from a, a black, you know, LGBTQ culture. And and I think that people need to know that and also not forget. And, um, yeah, I, I just love the fact that I'm seeing a bunch of BIPOCs playing and on lineups and even. Uh, more trans artists getting opportunities. I'd love to see huge, that
0: too. It's I think huge. that's
1: a huge step. Yeah. Um, so I don't yes. know. I, I, that makes me excited.
0: Yeah. I I would, I, I love to hear that. And, yeah. you know, um, I love the tangent that you went on. I'd, it's totally okay. But I also <laughs> love that you brought it back around and you just like, you kind of brought it home. Why? Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's an important thing to state.
1: Yeah. And I don't want people to, you know, take what I said and, and spin it like a, about a Donald Trump thing. Like, I don't give a fuck about Donald Trump. I, I don't, I think he was a pretty horrible president, was entertaining, horrible president.
0: Right. Um,
1: and, you know, my only question is, I'm, 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 I am I'm, just hope that they don't, it's never been good in our history to uh, shut people's voices down, you know? No, it, the, the,
0: end, the end result's never good.
1: The end result's never good. And, you know, I don't think, we would be in a position today us both being colored men Mm. you know without being able to say the things that we need to say in order to fight back so it's like that's the only and it is a very extreme case you know yeah he, he is a once in a lifetime president that was doing these crazy things so yeah i i get i also get the twitter side um that's the only thing that worries me on that on that accord but yeah i think that's um that's where my head's at and I, I am for the most part excited and um I I really do see this world opening back up I'd say in like a year we'll be back fully you know at all the festivals will be back and and a lot more festivals too um,
0: yeah no even more venue i you know there's been a lot of venues that shut down sadly yes but the fact that like Insomniac has like bought up a bunch of ve- venues on the east coast but also mm-hmm. that they bought a warehouse in oakland <laughs> wow let's go yeah of all of all of all places like i mean oakland used to have like the sickest raves back in the day so the fact that mm-hmm. insomniac is like bought a warehouse in oakland says a lot it's like oh we're gonna have like factory 93 in oakland that's awesome right right you know what i'm saying like i love that i love that that even though we've gone through a hell a hellish year mm-hmm. like in the the ne- in like the next two years dance music is going to is going to be like big but still underground yeah like still uh, but still like flourishing and thriving yes yes i would
1: like it to drive through every state and have there be a radio channel playing like house music or you know I've been, of electronic music
0: been waiting for that for years i've always <laughs> been jealous of the i've always been jealous of, of radio one yes, like yes, being yes. able to like turn on the radio and hear the essential mix like yes, that's i've never experienced that in my lifetime i want that to happen here insomnia
1: get on it and also we need a u.s carnival you know, yes. I, I know oh. the weather's not that great, but I, I'm sure that everybody would be down just for a week. Everybody, job, what you're doing, party!
0: Yeah, let's do that. Let's make that happen. Let's, <laughs> let's make, make it happen. Got to happen. Let's make it. All happen. right. I guess uh, we we gotta become president. How are we gonna do this? Uh, we I mean, we're we're working on it, right? We're right. We're, all, yeah. we're getting there. This conversation gonna, is the beginning. We're gonna go back to back in <laughs> office. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well thank you so, so much for taking the time out to talk to me today. Um, sure. Yeah. It's, me. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun. Um, and, you know, we're really excited. We're really excited to have you and just excited about your music and you. excited to hear what you have to say. Awesome. Thank you.
1: Well, I'm glad somebody is willing to listen to the bullshit I have to say because it's <laughs> not many people want to but i appreciate it man i really do i'm sure there's um, plenty
0: of people that would love to that that (laughs) that would love to hear your voice man um Uh, you know and
1: my voice is one of the things i hate the most so i'm glad i'm glad someone says that oh i don't listen to
0: i don't listen to my own stuff after i'm done i Uh, I, i'm not gonna i i i I don't want to hear my my my, myself talk well
1: you you sound you sound delicious i sound disgusting so (laughs) don't worry
0: (laughs) Well, let's, I'm going to flip that and reverse it and throw it back on you. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: love, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt.
0: Well, we'll be talking soon. And once yes. again, thank you so, so much for having, taking the time. Of course, Absolutely. Right. Thank you guys uh, so much. No doubt. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you. Peace. Bye.